0: Well, good morning again. Welcome to Trinity. It is a joy to see you. It's a joy to be able to share this time together. It was great to hear from Carl Crossman, and I encourage you to check out his table on the way out uh, this morning and get more information about the work that he's doing. It's kind of an overwhelming enterprise how much work goes into bringing about a translation into the languages of people who have not had the Bible. Um, And so just from the work of translation and then the work supporting the work of translation and then the actual getting it to the people, all of it, it is quite the endeavor. And so I just encourage you to learn more about that process and why uh, it's been such a, a, a sort of legacy partnership in the history of Trinity to see people from Trinity go and do the work and Trinity support that work. And so I encourage that to you. So It was great to have Carl with us this morning we also want to highlight that we have um, the previous pastor and his wife here with us many of you got to see them so Steve and Nancy where are you please all right we got some waves I was going to make them stand but we got some good waves and I saw them enjoying fellowship with you all uh, prior to the start of the service so be sure to give them a hug before uh, you or they get out of here um, today all right if you have a Bible please Open up your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 8 through 13. We're going to spend three weeks in this passage uh, as we consider deacons together. We're talking about the significance of the church and why that's so important. It's God's plan and purpose to bring forth the good news of of his saving plan and purpose and promise into the world. He uses the church to do that. And the church is structured in such a way to help us go about doing that work together as a church family. So that's where we're at. That's what we're considering. So we're going to read through 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8-13, through 13, and take into account what a deacon is, what it does, and why it matters, and so forth. So let's hear God's Word. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then, if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, as we come to your word, we pray that it would bring timely encouragement to us. Uh, perhaps at first glance, it might be uh, challenging to see how this might relate to the specific things that might be happening in our lives. But as we wrestle with it and as we think on it, we are trusting you to do a good work, uh, encouraging our hearts, equipping our lives to live for you and your glory. Help us to see that you indeed are worthy and worth it. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ever been around somebody who seemed to just give off the sense that they were around Jesus? Maybe there was something about them, their kindness, their generosity, their steadiness, their humility, the grace and mercy by which they lived their lives, or been a part of a church family, and hopefully more and more in the sense of Trinity Church family, in which a a community of people give off the sense that they've been around Jesus too. It's wonderfully encouraging. It's almost like a, like something like warm, inviting, has washed over you, like a, a, a big old hug. Maybe not everybody in here is a hugger, but, but it's, a, a, it's like a big old hug to be around somebody who's been around Jesus. We want to be people who are people who give off that sense that we've been around Jesus. We want to be a church that gives off the sense that we've been around Jesus. It's an interesting way to start talking about deacons, isn't it? But deacons are front line. Front line living out that which we would see and find in Jesus. How could that not be a good thing for the life of a church? Let's consider that together. We recently gave out a proposed updated bylaws. I didn't want to start there in a... In a sermon, that's not what they teach you in, in seminary. Hey, here's a great intro. Talk about bylaws. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is technically the bridge from the intro into the message. So, anyway, that aside. We did. We gave out proposed updated bylaws for consideration uh, to our church membership. Uh, in a couple of weeks, at the end of the month, in fact, the last Sunday of the month, October 29th, we'll have a Q&A night at 5 p.m. Um, we've gotten a number of questions or uh, observations and questions and so forth, so please send those in to the elders at elders at trinitynh.org so we can best prepare for that night. As we shared about that, um, we talked about how some of the bylaws were too broad and needed narrowed or too narrowed and needed broadened. We currently, right now as a church, have elders and what are called trustees in our bylaws, and we felt that trustees do an aspect of the work of a deacon. And we felt that it was too narrow of a definition or too narrow of a role and needed to be brought in out to deacons. Because when you look at what trustees are tasked to do, they're stewarding our finances and our facilities, you see an aspect of what some of the work of a deacon is, but not all of it, and we wanted to capture it. So for the organization and the health and the witness of our church, We feel that broadening out the office of leadership to deacon is wise, timely, and necessary. And so for these three weeks, we're going to take time to consider why deacons for the encouragement of our church family. Now, I hope this helps our church consider our proposed bylaws, but I mostly hope that it helps all of us want this sort of care to be present in our church and even be moved personally to live it out, title or not. Let's talk about it and let's embrace it. Let's embrace the role of deacons in the local church, in our local church. And we're going to do that by looking at two things, what deacons are and why deacons matter. Next week, we're going to look at the who of deacons. And, and in that, I'm going to consider men and women and leadership and life and ministry in the church. So we'll, we'll put all of that next week. And then in two weeks, we'll talk about the, the how that we are proposing it to be lived out in the life of our church. So that's where we're going to go so today it's about what deacons are and why deacons matter so what deacons are well uh, i want to just say it on, the, on the front end and then continue hopefully to to bring that home to our hearts deacons are servants and they are an extension of jesus's care for the church what are deacons they're extensions of jesus's care for the church Now, when we look in the New Testament, we see that the Bible establishes two kinds of offices, if you will, for church and the way that a church is to be structured. One is elder, which we considered last week, and the other is deacons. Elders lead through shepherding to show that Jesus is worthy and worth it. Deacons lead through serving to show that Jesus is worthy and worth it. And so we know that these two offices, elders and deacons, are important. We see them throughout the New Testament, we, we see it at the very beginning of a, of a letter that Paul wrote, the same author of First Timothy. He wrote to the Philippian church, and the opening words say this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers, same word for elders, and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's referencing these two offices right out of the gate. Now, they are, indeed, extensions of Jesus' care for the church. But let's define it and let's describe it a little bit more so we get a better sense of what deacons are. Because the word deacon might be a little weird. Maybe it, Maybe it's not a word that's common to you and so it's a little odd. It seems strange. Or maybe you have some sort of background or some baggage where... It triggers some, some memories of, of maybe a church that you've been a part of when you were younger. Maybe you grew up in a church where there was a senior pastor and a deacon board, and you have less than ideal memories of such a context. Or maybe you're new to church, uh, or new to considering this New Testament-shaped structure for the church, and you're wondering, what does it mean? Well, the word itself, that we get the word deacon, it means servant or service, or in the verb form means to serve. You'll find the noun Uh, used 29 times in the New Testament to describe people, um, or 34 times to describe ministry. You'll find the verb used 37 times to describe the work. So really, the the New Testament is really clear about what is tied up into this thing called a deacon. And if there's a word, it would be service. A deacon is one who serves. I love what Matt Smethurst says in his little book called Deacons. He says this about them. He says, they, deacons, are model servants who excel in being attentive and responsive to the tangible needs in the life of the church. Think about that for a second. In the life of a church, a team of people are equipped and released to serve in such a way that they are giving attentive and responsive care to tangible needs in the life of the church. Who says no to that? I mean, think about that. Who says no to that? That's not me trying to tell you to say yes to our bylaw proposal or anything. I'm just simply for the encouragement of our hearts. Who says no to that? Now, because uh, over the course of church history, especially in our, uh, our Western culture in the United States, deacons have sort of gone on this crazy traveling road of what in the world they are or aren't. I just want to say a few things as we're describing deacons as model servants who excel in being attentive and responsive to the tangible needs in the life of the church. I want to say just a few things, four things of what deacons aren't, just so we have clarity. All right, Deacons are not elders in training. That's not a deacon. Deacons are not elders in training. Elders and deacons, though, share Principally, very similar kinds of qualifications of the kind of person who serves. Their works are very different. Elders lead. They have a, a role of authority in the life of the church when it comes to the content of what we believe and how we live that out. They're shaping and, and, and guarding the good deposit of gospel truth in the life of the church. Deacons are serving in the church. They're serving the people and the needs and the opportunities throughout the church so that the church can continue to do gospel-healthy ministry. So they're very different works. A deacon is not an elder in training. Secondly, a deacon is not elders in disguise. Okay, so that's different than elders in training. Like it's a, a JV varsity. Someday you'll get to be called up. Like you're in, you're in the minor leagues of church leadership, and someday you're going to get the call up, right? No, and also they're not elders in disguise, and that that means some church structures that maybe if you've been around the church long enough, you've come across is that there is that sense of deacons acting more like elders than they do deacons. So they have the title of deacon, but functionally they're acting like elders. I don't understand that, but but it seems to be quite present. Thirdly, deacons are not yes-men. They're not just there to give a generic stamp of approval so that the senior pastor can go do and spend and whatever the senior pastor wants to do. That's not healthy for the structure and care of a church. A pastor is serving with a plurality of elders. And elders are encouraged and supported with a plurality of deacons. And both elders and deacons are giving their time and energy and effort and passion and zeal and hope for the health of the church. So deacons aren't just simply yes men with a stamp. And then lastly, fourthly, deacons aren't simply people who are successful or skilled in life. This would be true of elders. Just because you're successful in life doesn't mean it equals to then church leadership. The qualifications in in what we read last week and this week speak more to the heart than to the hand. And more to the mindset than the skill set. Church or character matters for deacons just like it does for elders. So those are what deacons are not. Deacons are not elders in training, elders in disguise, yes men, and just simply successful people. Rather, deacons are, get this, trusted, servant-hearted, practical leaders. Deacons are trusted, servant-hearted, practical leaders. As we noted last week, elders lead from out front and among the church. Shepherding, giving oversight, holding out and holding up sound gospel-rich teaching, preaching, and discipleship. Like, this is what we believe and this is where we're going. Elders are responsible for that. Deacons lead from within, from, from the trenches of life, serving in ways of practical stewardship, acts of service, and ministries of mercy. Deacons are in it with us. They're attentive and responsive to the, the needs and opportunities in the life of the church. And when we looked at the qualifications for deacons, as we read through 1 Timothy 3, 8-13, through 13, it really kind of conveys the importance of the role. The qualifications of the kind of person who is deac- to be a deacon shows the importance of the role of deacon in the life of the church. Let's look back again at verses 8-10. through 10 speaks broadly to the kind of deacons a church is to have. So again, um, verses 8 through 10. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. Now, as the passage continues, we see that verse 11 speaks to women, verse 12 speaks again to men, and then verse 13 gives us encouragement to serve well as a deacon. But those verses 8, 9, and 10 are giving us this picture of the kind of person that would serve in a trusted, servant hearted, practical way. I mean, note the key words in that description. You have the words like worthy and respect, sincere, keep hold, clear conscience, tested. That's the kind of people we want living in these roles, living out these roles. Because deacons are often the first responders to the various needs in the life of a church. They're often in the the first go-to place, the first go-to person when a crisis hits you or a difficulty comes upon you or if there's some sort of practical help that you need. And there are people who are, in our church family, who are deaconing, if you will, without that title. They're just the go-to. Their heart, their capacity to care and to serve in very responsive and attentive ways and tangible ways just exudes out of them. Deacons are often the first responders. Deacons help steward the church's resources so that ministry can happen. And deacons serve mercy to those in need. And these can be very personal, intimate, and vulnerable issues. So what kind of person should be in a role that's going to be entrusted with helping navigate through the personal, intimate, and vulnerable issues and struggles in life that we have? Well, the kind that's worthy of respect, who's sincere, doesn't pursue dishonest gain keeps hold of the deep truths of the faith, who has a clear conscience, who's been tested, who's shown to be trustworthy with the kinds of things that are vulnerable for us to share with others. That's a deacon. And, and just, if there's anything that you hear, this is, this is Jesus' heart for the church. This is how much God cares for the church. He wants this role in the life of a church. Caring For the church in this way. And so when we look at deacons. We see again. Extensions of Jesus's care for the church. I mean imagine. The culture of a church. Where the leadership of the church. Whether elders or deacons. Encourage. Inspire and model the sort of care. And sort of respect. That communicates to you. Safety. That I'm safe here. That we're going toward Jesus and what we believe and how we live. And as I wrestle with the things in my life, I can share them with others here. Because we all are serving in such a way that we want to keep going toward Jesus. Imagine that sort of stability and sense of safety and care that, that God has designed for the church and the structure of the church. I know it feels like a nuts and boltsy kind of sermon series. But I hope you hear and see that there's great care that God has for His people, and that extends into why deacons matter. So that's what deacons are—they're, they're, they're the model servants in the life of a the church. They're they are um, trusted, servant-hearted, practical leaders caring for uh, the tangible needs in the life of a church, so that the church can continue to do ministry. Why do they matter? Why deacons matter? Two things I want to say to that. First is deacons matter because they, by God's grace, steady churches on the journey. They're steadying churches on our journey. As elders are leading our church forward toward greater Christ-likeness, deacons are helping us steady along the way. We see that in what may be the preamble or the preview of a deacon, when we look at Acts chapter 6. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn. Their words will be on the screen. But Acts 6 is telling a moment. It's is at a critical moment in the life of the early church. A lot of incredible things were happening. The church was exploding with growth. But there became a moment, a, 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 a moment, a season in the life of the church. This early kernel form of the church. Where there was the threat, a significant massive threat. On the health and unity of the church. Let's take in what's going on here. In Acts chapter 6 verse 1. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number. A complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews. Because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. What do a couple of those words mean? So Hellenists were were Greek-speaking people who may have had some Jewish background in their lives, but they were definitely culturally, they were coming from the Greco-Roman world. And then the Hebrew would be speaking about Jewish people, people coming out of a Jewish world who were coming to faith in Christ. So both groups were coming to faith in Christ. Awesome. But as you can see, that there probably came with it some interpersonal challenges That would be customary to human beings (laughs) coming from different backgrounds. So here they are. They're they're all coming to Christ. Awesome. And now there's, it seems like what's happening is that widows who were coming from the Greco-Roman background of life weren't being cared for to the degree that those who were coming out of the Jewish background. So, these widows literally would have been quite destitute. They would have been facing tremendous needs. Very, very tangible. Like, I just want to live through the weak kinds of needs. And they were being neglected, overlooked. And that was a significant threat on the health and witness of this church. So the apostles, involving the entire congregation at that time, which included the, both the, the Jewish and the Greco-Roman background members of the church, they affirmed seven men to care for this need and to steady the church in its unity. So now let's look at verses 2-7 through seven of Acts chapter 6. and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These are all Greek names, by the way. These they set before the apostles and they prayed and they laid their hands on him. The whole church was pleased. The whole congregation from all the backgrounds, they were pleased. Unity was restored. The threat was subsided. They put in the, the role that sort of is a preamble to what we would then later call. Deacons, people, these these men from a background that was relatable to those who were facing the greatest of crises, and put them into that practice, and they served. One commentator, <clears throat> Alexander Strock, said this: "The congregation chose its best to care for its least." Sort of intentional care. <clears throat> they studied. The church on its journey. And this stabilizing, steady work to care for the need and to restore unity in the church, guess what? It had a profound impact on that church's ministry and witness. So I want to read verse 1 and verse 7. I want you to note that that book ends the crisis in between. So, verse 1 again. Now, in these days when the disciples were increasing in numbers, awesome things. Gospel going forth, people getting saved. Awesome. The complaint by the Hellenists arose, came against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Now verse 7. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Even greater than where it started. Even more coming to know Christ. Not just more, but like Jewish priests were getting saved. A significant crisis. We cannot underestimate how significant this was at this point in the history of the church. An intentional, responsive, attentive, selfless care had a profound impact on the ministry and witness of the church. Deacons play a vital role in a similar sort of work. A vital role in stabilizing And steadying churches along the way. And as deacons care for and serve in the way that they're called to. It actually helps the ministry and witness of the church. So that more people can come in to a healthy context. A church that has servant-hearted deacons promotes health within. And that health is attractive to the world around. Why? Well, to close the loop. Here's the why the second thing that why deacons matter they're showing what Jesus is like showing what Jesus is like elders show what Jesus is like through the preaching teaching and spiritual oversight associated with their role deacons show what Jesus is like through stewardship and mercy and practical service and care In this way, deacons reflect the heart of Christ to the people of Christ. What a profound privilege to serve as a deacon. to Reflect the heart of Christ to the people of Christ. And to know that that promotes health within the life of a church. And a healthy church sees lost people come and get saved. See how all this is tied together. Why this is so important. I love what Matt Smethurst and his book Deacons does with Mark 10.45. You might be familiar with Mark 10.45. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. But the word there for served and serve is actually the word for deacon. And so I love what he does. It's a simple thing, but it makes you think, right? For even the Son of Man, Jesus came not to be deaconed, but to deacon. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Deacons are following in the heart of Christ, reflecting back to the congregation, to the church family, the heart of Christ. Christ came to deacon, not be deacon. And deacons come to serve. And what if, let me ask this question what if Trinity always had plenty of deacons? Think about what I'm asking. What if Trinity always had plenty of deacons? Where the culture of the church was fostering more and more trusted, servant-hearted, practical people who are serving one another, title or not. What if we always had that? Because then that tells us we're reflecting more and more and more of the heart of Christ. How countercultural is a church filled with these sorts of deacons? How countercultural would that be? How striking would that be? How encouraging. How encouraging. Evangelistic. Seems like God is a pretty good designer of things. I don't know. His plans seem really good. Be really good to follow him. Deacons play such an important role in showing how we live out what we believe. So, how do we respond? How do we respond to this passage? I just want to give three simple things for you to think about. One: express gratitude. For God's care for his church. When you think about what it is. That's inherent in this role. And the kind of character. That the person who takes on that role. Should have. Express gratitude. For God's care for the church. Deacons are God's idea. And the heart of the work of a deacon. Was modeled to us beautifully by Jesus. So just gratitude. Secondly. Pray. Pray for deacons for Trinity. As we consider the. Change for our church. Pray that more people, and this is what I mean by that. Pray that more people would be deacon-like in the life of our church. And maybe, then thirdly, maybe, you know, express gratitude, one. Pray for deacons, two. Deacon is number three. Go out and deacon in the week ahead. Deacon it. I don't know. I'm butchering this word, but just go with it. Everyone deacons. If you're a follower of Christ, you have been called to a life of deaconing. So deacon, there's nothing stopping you from serving with respect, sincerity, trust, and intentional care, whether there's a title or not. You have no idea how that will be used in the life of somebody else in this room or part of this church family or somebody who right now currently is living their life far from God. But someday will interact with this church family in some measure. And the nature and character and culture of our church God may use to bring that person home to his family. So deacon. Express gratitude, pray for more deacon like people in our church and do that. Deacon it. So let's all strive to be deacon like where we live in a respected, sincere way, showing that Jesus is indeed worthy and worth it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. As we consider it, we pray that it would transform us, bring us a sense of comfort and peace, for sure, and would it bring us a sense of confidence to live out our lives following after you. And I pray for those who call Trinity home. I pray for, first of all, all of us, that we would all desire to be deacon-like in the way that we live. And that for some in here, that, they, that desire would um, give give birth to a growing role in the life of our church. Serving in very attentive and responsive ways to tangible needs. So our ministry can continue. That unity can deepen. That health in our church would widen. and more and more would come to me. Now, would you do that we ask. All to your glory we pray. In Jesus name. Amen.